DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Chris Fedor from the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. He covers the Cavs as their beat writer. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. I am curious right now how many people in the greater Cleveland area know the Cavs and Jazz are playing tonight and how many are all in on the Browns and obsessing out of their mind. Uh, yeah, I would say very few know that the Cavs are actually playing tonight against the Jazz, and the city is on fire. It's electric based on what the Browns did this past weekend, and it's it's really good to see because it was a long time coming for the Cleveland Browns, that's for sure. So my prediction is in four or five years, it's all going to be the Cavs because even though it's not home, Bronny is going to come in and save that franchise. <laughs> well. That's what it took the last time around. It seems like the only time the Cavs can actually have um, consistent success is when LeBron is around. Um, I can tell you that they're not planning for that at this point in time, and people that, that I know that know LeBron well feel like he's probably going to end it in Los Angeles, but you never say never. This is home for LeBron, and this place is always going to tug at his heartstrings. So if he came back, the Cavs would welcome him with open arms, that's for sure. When I say Bronny, I'm talking about his son. Oh, that one. Yeah. Well, that would be nice, too. I mean, if you go from LeBron James to Bronny, uh, <laughs> I don't know that the Cavs want to be in that situation where they're drafting that high, if that's where <laughs> Bronny is going to be drafted. Uh, but we'll see what happens. That would be some kind of story, that's for sure. So it's not a slam dunk number one pick. When you have the eighth pick in the first round, there is plenty of NBA history that says that could go well or that could go poorly. Did they know what they were getting in Colin Sexton? Because to come in and average in the teens and shoot 40% from three and pump up your average in your third year to 25 points a game, that's a very successful number eight pick when you look at the history of the NBA draft. It really is, and if you think about that draft in general, you had Luka, you had Marvin Bagley, obviously you had Trey Young. Of the numbers uh, that Colin Sexton has put up in his first two-plus years in the NBA, they're as good as anybody, including Luka, including Trey. That's the kind of company that he's been in um, for the last couple of years and early on at the beginning of the season, guys. He's been in that company with those two stars from the draft. And, of course, if Shea just Alexander, who's been doing some good things for Oklahoma City, too. Um, so the Cavs really, really like Colin. I don't think they knew that he was going to be this. I think it's hard to say, yeah, we knew he was going to be this with the eighth overall pick. But they liked him from the beginning, guys. He came to Cleveland for a workout the day after the Cavs got swept by the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. And nobody wanted to be at that workout. Nobody did. The Cavs were pissed off. They were sad. They were depressed. They didn't want to see a guy work one-on-oh for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it was going to be. And yet Colin uplifted the entire organization, including Chairman Dan Gilbert at that point, and they gave this organization a sense of hope and a sense of belief And that's really when they got attracted to Colin for those intangible things. At the same time, they liked him as a player. They liked his score-first mentality. They liked the fact that he could go get a bucket, just manufacture something on his own. They think those kinds of traits are needed in today's NBA, and they loved his speed, athleticism, and quickness. And, And they didn't know what he was going to be in the future. They didn't know if he was going to be an all-star. 
but they felt that day, this is a dude who's not going to allow himself to fail. At the very least, we've got a pro. And, and that's what the Cavs continue to say about Colin. And kudos to him, he has taken that, and each time somebody has tried to attach a ceiling to his potential, he has been able to break through, and he's in the middle, well, you know, at, at the end of March, before everything shut down and went to chaos, he was in the best stretch of his entire career, and he has carried that over into this season, which speaks to his work ethic, his competitiveness, and all the things that the Cavs loved originally about him. So they do have some talent on this team with Sexton, Garland, and Love, but what's their availability right now? Garland has been out with a strained, uh, sprained shoulder. Uh, he injured it during the road trip that the Cavs were on. They had a six-game, 10-day road trip. Uh, he injured it over the weekend in Atlanta. He's missed the last handful of games, and his availability for tonight is, I would say, it's questionable at best. Um, it was supposed to be a week. A week would be tomorrow for Darius Garland. Colin uh, Sexton has missed a number of games recently, three of them to be exact, because he's dealing with this nagging ankle injury. He was announced as a starter last night. He was in the starting lineup, and then head coach J.P. Bickerstaff was told basically on the first note of the national anthem that Colin wasn't going to be able to play, so he was scratched for the second time in three games. Um, Kevin Love is going to be out probably until the end of this month, maybe even later than that, because he's got a high-grade calf strain. So the Cavs are really dealing with a lot of different injuries at this point in time, guys. They're missing about 70 points per game from um, some of these guys that have been missing recently. And the chances of them playing, I think Colin probably has the best chance to play tonight against the Jazz, but the Cavs have been trying to piece it together as best they can because of these injuries. So Dante Axum obviously used to play for the Jazz, and then there was mm-hmm. a trade, and Jordan Clarkson is very popular in the state of Utah. <laughs> very, very popular. That trade gets 100% approval rate here. How do they look at that trade in Cleveland? Well, I think they look at that trade as they got what they wanted out of it. They knew that Jordan Clarkson, DJ, and PK did not have a future in Cleveland, a long-term future in Cleveland. He was on an expiring contract. They weren't going to be able to re-sign him. So he was one of the guys that they wanted to flip for something. And in doing that, the Cavs created a bigger opportunity for Colin Sexton. In fact, if you look at the numbers for Colin, um, his rise started on December 23rd when Jordan Clarkson was flipped to Utah because he got more responsibility He was able to play a different kind of way. And on top of that, the Cavs had a promising young player in Kevin Porter Jr. that they also wanted to create opportunities for. And and it was hard for them to give those same opportunities to those two guys because J.C. was closing games, because J.C. was such an integral piece of the offense. He was one of the few guys who could go out consistently get, you know, around 15 to 20 a night. So the Cavs got out of it what they wanted to from a player development standpoint of giving opportunities to their young guys. And on top of that, they were able to get a reclamation project in Dante Axum, who fits their timeline for this rebuild, who maybe possibly could be flipped this year as an expiring contract. And they got an asset out of that as well. 
So I think the Cavs are looking at it saying, yes, we lost out on this kind of score in Jordan Clarkson, but we got what we needed out of the deal, and it, it's probably a deal that has worked for both sides at this point in time. So one of the guys who's in the lineup, Andre Drummond, you know, he is just, uh, he quietly puts together some decent stats, and he's a rebounding machine, man, yeah. as far as what that what he's done in the NBA with Detroit and now with Cleveland. He's a load. I think the Jazz have to be aware of him and have to maybe put a couple of guys on him, make sure he's boxed out, because he's quietly putting together a pretty good season, isn't he? 11 straight double-doubles to open the season for Andre Drummond, guys, and that's a Cavaliers record, and he continues to build on it. So, yeah, he came into this um, this new season rejuvenated and motivated. And I think he felt when he arrived here in February that he needed a fresh start. Now, look, guys always say that sort of thing when they get to a new place, but he's backed that up, and I think that's the biggest difference. Since he's gotten here, you know, they played eight games with him last year after the trade, and the Cavs went four and four. And now they've played 11 games this year with Andre, and they're five and six. So he's making an impact both offensively and defensively. In terms of field goal percentage against, as of yesterday, Andre Drummond was number two in the NBA. And he came into this year, guys, and he said, I want to be defensive player of the year. And again, He's saying these things and backing them up, and I think that's the biggest thing for Andre, and that's the biggest thing for the Cavs. How long are they going to get this engaged, bought-in Andre in a contract year when maybe he could be flipped at the trade deadline? I think that remains to be seen. But as of right now, J.B. Bickerstaff has found a way to get through to Andre to get the best out of him, and the Cavs are benefiting greatly at both ends of the floor, especially on the defensive end. He's been a linchpin to their um, revamped defense that has gone from the last-ranked defense in the NBA to number one. So Kevin Love is left over from the glory days. He is still on a huge contract, making $31 million this year, $31 million next year, $29 million the year after that. So with two-plus years to go, is that a contract that can be moved? Can he be healthy enough to contribute and be a veteran presence as this team goes on? What, what is Kevin Love's future? I can't believe it took 10 minutes to get to Kevin Love trade conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the questions that has been hovering over this franchise, not just for the last couple of years, but Kevin Love has joked about this. Since the day that he was traded to the Cavs in the LeBron era, there have been trade rumors about him leaving Cleveland. And no matter what he says, no matter what the Cavs say, they don't stop. And I get it. I do. Um, At the same time, here's the problem. The Cavs view Kevin Love as an asset. They view Kevin as one of their most important players and one of their best players. He's a floor spacer. He's an elite rebounder. He's a high-usage guy that can handle that kind of load. He's comfortable um, as that kind of offensive piece, and he has shown success as that kind of offensive piece. Uh, So the Cavs are looking at him like that. The rest of the NBA is like, no, 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 no. He's on the wrong side of 30, injury-prone, can't stay healthy, and has a bloated contract. So if we're going to trade for Kevin, we're doing you a favor, and you need to attach something of value to Kevin. 
so that we take that bad contract off your hands. And the Cavs are saying, no, you give us the asset because he is an asset. And you have to give us either a young player or a draft pick. And until that value of, of Kevin inside the organization and outside the organization gets closer, there's no way that the Cavs are going to say yes to a deal. Look, they could have traded him last year. They could have traded him last year at the deadline. It would have been a salary dump type move where the Cavs took on the bloated contract of Hassan Whiteside and gave up something else in order to move Kevin. But they're not going to do that. They're not just going to dump him because they have no need to dump him. Because even if they get that salary, what are they going to do with it? And what, in their thinking, what are we going to get back that's better than Kevin, a five-time All-Star who knows our system, has a deep relationship with our head coach, J.P. Bickerstaff, and still, even though he can be moody and he can pout on the court from time to time, like we saw last year, can be a benefit for our young guys to learn from, and he can be a leader for our young guys. So that's what's happening when it comes to Kevin. And until that changes, Kevin Love is going to be here in Cleveland, and the Cavs are going to continue to say no to all of these, what they consider lopsided deals. So what is your most treasured bobblehead? Oh, man. Um, I have a Tiger Woods bobblehead from his Masters win in 1997, his first major championship. And I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan. I have been since since I was growing up. Um, His arrival into golf basically put a golf club in my hand, and now I'm an avid golfer. I love the game, and I don't think I would love it as much if Tiger didn't come around. Like, it's to the point where um, if Tiger Woods is in contention for a major or just any tournament, guys, on the weekend, I will wear red on Sundays. That's how much of a Tiger fanatic I am. So that's probably my most treasured one. Well, we interview a lot of people, but now that we've got that mental image, I think we'll be able to remember you and separate you out from everybody else who comes through on the show. And I also was going to see if you were interested in a trade for my San Diego chicken bobblehead. My guess is probably not. No, probably not. I'll say no to that like the Cavs do, Kevin Love trade. That's what I thought. I thought that's where that was going. All right, so uh, we run through the whole Cleveland organization here. So the question a lot of people want to know right now is, this is all uh, interesting. How does a team that's not in a glamour market or cold weather manage all this stuff? Constantly thinking about that in Utah. Interesting to hear what Cleveland's thinking. But as far as the game tonight, is Cleveland going to put out a good lineup, a below-average lineup? Are they just going to have to cobble something together, given how many people are out? What chance do they have of competing with and beating the Jazz? I think they're just going to have to continue to cobble things together until some of these guys get healthy. I mean, look, they've got shooting guard Damian Dotson being an emergency point guard because they have no other options. They just use the hardship exception to sign Yogi Ferrell to a 10-day contract. That's the state of the Cavs' backcourt right now because there's a lot of uncertainty with Darius Garland and Colin, especially going into tonight's game against the Jazz, given the games that they've missed recently. And that's what the Cavs are going to continue to have to do. We've talked to J.B. Bickerstaff. We've talked to the players. It's been eight straight games that they've failed to crack the 100-point mark. And their response is, oh, that's just how we have to play right now. We have to slow the game down, 
We have to grind out possessions. We have to lean on our improved defense because we just don't have the bodies. We don't have the talent um, to do it any other kind of way. And I think because of that and because the Cavs are playing the second game of a back-to-back and because of what they're missing, it's going to be hard for them to compete with these quality opponents. They've lost four of the last five games after getting off to a really, really good start for a reason. At some point, you can sit there and you can say, yeah, we're going to play hard. Yeah, we're going to do all of the little things, and that's how we're going to have to win games. Uh, But at some point, you also have to have the talent where that matters. And I just think the Cavs are in a bad place right now in terms of who they have available and who they don't have available that makes it hard to win games, let alone compete for 48 minutes. Chris, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the background on the Sunday clothing when Tiger is in contention. <laughs> and you are a go-to source for Kevin Love Talk from now on. You got it, guys. Anytime you know how to reach me.